0: Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer, from one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, thanks for checking us out. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. As many of you know, the Caption Life has recently become part of the Comic Watch family, but I realize that some of you may not be familiar with Comic Watch or know what it is exactly. So what better way to explain it than to invite the editor-in-chief on the show to talk about it? So please welcome Matt Meyer. Matt has been reading, collecting, and loving comics for over 30 years. He's humbled and honored to be part of Comic Watch since 2018 and editor in chief since 2021. By day, he's a social worker helping the less fortunate finding housing and going from surviving to thriving. Giving hope might just be his superpower. He's also a husband and father to three wonderful kids. He's lived in Oklahoma City his whole life and wouldn't trade it for anything. Welcome to the show. Matt, how are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm good. Thank you for having me, Sean. I have to say I'm um, thrilled, humbled, excited. Uh, This is my first time ever being asked to join one of these. So I'm, I'm like, Oh my gosh, am I, am I somebody now? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> am well, I'm honored to have you on has, the show. Yeah. Has it happened?
1: <laughs> um, no, seriously. I, I definitely appreciate the invite, man. Yeah. Well, and
0: I realized that I probably, when we talked about having the caption life be part of Comic Watch, I sh- probably should have had you on earlier, um, to kind of, you know, do that whole introduction and kind of do that announcement together and everything right. like that. So I apologize that I didn't get you on there earlier. I just, you know, as you know, I was kind of trying to get everything figured out and all that, but I'm glad.
1: This, man, that's, that's every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, um, let's go ahead and dive in and let's start with the first question that I always like to ask people. And that is, what is your comic book origin story? Was there like a particular comic or person or event that got you into that uh, whole fandom that we both enjoy?
1: No, um, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> that's the short answer. Um, okay. The long answer <laughs> is, I mean, like a lot of kids in, in the 80s, um, I liked G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. um i you know walden books had this old school spinner rack uh those of you that are old enough to remember a walden books good on you um your back hurts today um (laughs) but uh you know then you'd you'd see a gi joe comic oh man gi joe i like gi joe toys dad can i have this and you know 75 cents later um gi joe number 80 is uh still to this day one of my favorite one and done comic stories um you know and i don't want to go too far out on a separate branch here but um just in terms of like all of the various uh balls that larry hama famously had to juggle with that comic you know he had to not only tell a coherent story but he had to basically act as an advertisement for this toy line this whole issue is basically about introducing new vehicles and characters and it manages to make this whole 22 page story out of it that makes sense and works within the context of of everything else that's going on it's just this really cool thing so um Mm. comics are just always kind of there in the periphery and then uh here we go a few years later it's it's 1991 and I see this, this shiny new X-Men number one comic with Jim Lee's Magneto doing like this on the cover. And, um, I was like, man, I, I hear that these X-Men are really neat. And so I begged my mom to buy it for me. And and that was it. It was done. We're on, we're off to the races. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. So far as secret origins go, there's, there's not a lot happening there that probably a lot of other people couldn't mirror. Uh, but you know, it, it's, it's, one of those things that you know when you're a kid and maybe lots of kids like comics lots of kids like x-men fleer trading cards or what have you right and for them it's a passing fad um and just part of their growing up phase but for me like comics really became part of just who i am as Mm -hmm. as as my as who if you want to know me you need to understand that i love the this art that we call comics and not just mm-hmm. the superheroes but the whole process itself um when i uh was a, you know a little older high school age and i first started really getting into vertigo stuff um I, preacher became my lodestone it's still my favorite comic to this day uh and you know just just everything indie big two um it, just you know it's all good, and, and, and I love it all, and I love promoting the art to people because I don't believe that comics are – to this day, I think a lot of people somehow still feel that comics are kid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, despite the billions of dollars made at the box office by comic book film, there's mm-hmm. still always going to be this subset of people that cannot get their mind around the fact that comics – Aren't just for kids. They're a legitimate art form. And so when I talk to people about this that are, you know, outside that, outside the comics bubble, I'm always, I always want to make sure to hit on that because uh, so many people so much work goes into making a comic. It's not just, you know, a lot of people look at it and, and they say, Wait, more than one person does that? You know, and so I, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a whole process here. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and they have to work together seamlessly to make this thing happen and work. And yeah, it's it's such a labor of love, right? I, you know, like like you said when uh, in in my bio there, I, I've been reading comics regularly for over three decades now. I'm 42 years old. So I'll let y'all do the math on that, um, <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a it's a lifetime love and it's never going away. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, and I think uh, a lot of people our age, you know, have that similar experience that the X Men animated series really helped introduce a lot of people to sure, comics, sure. and and for me, actually, it was kind of the opposite because I had a uh, or I had a, a I have an uncle that has a whole box, uh, boxes of comics and just a whole collection from some of the original ones that came out and were published back then. And that's how I got introduced to X-Men. So I actually came across it through some of the original um, uh, first generation publications of X-Men before the series oh, cool. came out. But the series introduced me to... Wolverine and Colossus, some of that I see in the background there, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, Nightcrawler, all those things, and and all those characters, and so that uh, series has really been a key moment and pivotal experience yeah. for a lot of people our age, like got them absolutely. into comics, yeah. So it's it's well, definitely yeah. been part of our experience and is a milestone for a lot of people in our generation.
1: Well, absolutely. And if you want to, like you mentioned, I'm a social worker, um, and mm-hmm. I've been doing that for going on five years now um oh wow great. my pat thank you you know my passion for social justice i think has its origins in x-men yes <laughs> there's a lot of themes in that yeah and that was something i've just kind of been idly contemplating um but I was, you know pretty sure claremont <laughs> had a hand in that so <laughs> um yeah like impact they've had a those comics specifically have had an impact on me in a very direct way in terms of my journey and my passions in life
0: right yeah awesome thank you well let's go ahead and dive into comic watch and let me just throw it out there i know what it is but for our listeners can you explain what exactly is comic watch and um you know anything that you want people to know about it um you know kind of what to take away from it and what they should, you know, why they should check comic watch out.
1: Most definitely. So, uh, comic watch, uh, started in 2017. It is an all volunteer organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, you know, we get a little bit of scratch off of some advertisers, a little bit of, uh, of of that, that sort of stuff popping up. But I mean, I don't get paid to do this. It's a labor of love. Right. Um, we're all volunteer it's diy very punk ethos so we're we're predominantly um a review site uh we've got we've got editorial pieces that we fire off not as not as frequently as i'd like but for the most part um you know we're we're very liberal um Mm -hmm. in in terms of just our outlook um and the the causes that we champion throughout the site and throughout our opinions and in, in our works themselves. Um, mm-hmm. We are always accepting new applicants for, uh, to write on the site. Uh, you can mm-hmm. find a link right there on our front page, comic-watch.com if you're interested. But the big thing is this about comic watches. We're not in this for clicks. We're not in right. this to go tackle Newsarama and CBR and be their competition and beat them up and be the upstart or anything like that. We're here because we love comics. We love the people that make comics and we want to give back to that community and be be a part of that conversation. Like, you know, look, I have got over three decades of love of comics in my life. Those Mm -hmm. are... It's it's part of who I am. It's part of my identity. And I'm not alone in that. And, you know, once upon a time, I fancied my, myself to be a comics writer someday and it never happened for various reasons. But um, that's OK. I get to give mm-hmm. back to the industry in this way. And right. I mean, along the way, we you know, it's some of the perks Uh you get to talk to cool people. You get to talk to Mark Wade. You get to talk to Steve <laughs> Orlando, um, and David Pippo's and, and all of these awesome writers and artists Uh that otherwise, you know, I never get a chance to talk with them otherwise. And just, you know, you could scale do what we're doing right now. And you build this sort of kinship with them, even for, you know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour. And, um, it's cool, it's just cool at the mm-hmm. end of the day,
0: yeah, I no, and I agree completely in that, um everything is said, one of the things I have been very open about what I love about comic watch is that it's not a clickbait type of site. And I yeah. think I've mentioned this before in our uh, team Slack channel and everything is that I've always appreciated how we never stride for that because there's some websites out there that have literally upset me because of that approach they've taken. And I have never seen that done with comic watches. So that's one of the things I really love about this site is that we never do it for the clicks. And just as you said, our team is really um, diverse in terms of everyone's yes. background, and 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 everything and I love that uh, we have that as part of our um, team and and that's our approach and that we always try uh, to strive for, you know, including different communities and, and all that we do and everything. And so I that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Comic Watch. And, and that's kind of, in my opinion, makes Comic Watch stand out from the other sites is that it's not clickbait. It's all volunteer. So we're not doing it for pay. We're doing it because we love it. And we are really uh, a team that focuses in on being inclusive and I love how you shared that you were somebody that had thought about writing a comic one day and it never, you know, came to happen. But this is writing for Comic Watch is another great way to be involved with and contribute back to the community because I'm the same way. Like I'm not a writer or an artist. So I've always felt like there is nothing I could really do to contribute, be part of that comic community except for the fact that. Writing for comic watch and being able to be part of that voice and part of that uh, opportunity and experience really allows me to connect in the comic world in that different way because I don't have that skill set that it takes to be a, a professional in the comic industry as right. a writer or an artist and so I think that's a great way to kind of think about comic watch in that
1: context yeah and and, and you know you and I are right around the same age so when I was like mm-hmm. a- aggressively trying to get my foot in the door. Marvel and DC still took open submissions. Like you could just mail them some shit. And I was like, wow, this is cool. I'm just going to do this. So, um, so I send off this, this pitch for the Hulk. you know, I'm, I love Peter, David, Hulk. It's one of my touchstones as a comic reader. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm thinking to myself it's in, it's the year 2000 roughly, uh, 2001 right in there and i'm thinking man wouldn't it be cool if somebody wrote a story about bruce banner having to deal with all these multiple aspects of the hulk at once now in immortal hulk of course more recently that uh that was done very very well by al al ewing but at the time that this like we just hadn't seen it so man this is really cool so i, I write up this thing and say hey this is what i do. And i send it off and uh, about six months later, Paul Jenkins takes over writing Hulk from John Byrne. And lo and behold, mm. his story has to do with the Hulk dealing <laughs> with multiple Hulk personalities all at the same time. Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: <laughs> so I think anybody, you know, I don't only think it's Paul Jenkins. He probably, uh, you know, he's a good writer, hell of a writer. <laughs> Wrote the best <laughs> story ever, uh, but mm. I, I and I, I can't prove this. Obviously, but <laughs> I, I, I've always felt like somebody at Marvel read that and was like, <laughs> Ooh, "That's a good idea," but we're not going to take a risk on this guy we've never heard of. So that was yeah. that was my little origin. I had I had some creative minded friends uh, around the same time we were talking about starting an independent comics company. Of course, this was. Again, right around the turn of the century, so the internet was there, but it wasn't in the same way that it is now. So right. it didn't go anywhere. Um, but I mean, and then you know, from there, life just kind of took over. I, had, I was a young father. I had a little, a little boy to to deal with. My 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 marriage fell apart at a young age, so it was like I gotta mm. work, not write comics, and that's mm. how it went. But um, yeah, dude, I. You know, dreams deferred, but all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I love doing what I'm doing. I, I love sitting down and just writing, you know, 1,500 or 2,000 words about Doomsday Clock Number 10 and what the hell a metaverse is. And now Mark Zuckerberg has taken that from us, but, um, <laughs> you know, or whatever, to use an example. So, yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think um, you hit on one of the things that I absolutely love with Comic Watch is that opportunity to connect with creators as well, too, on some level. So I remember the very first article I wrote for Comic Watch was a review of Free Guy. And yes. when that got published and got tweeted out, Ryan Reynolds – and it's probably somebody who manages his account. I don't think it's actually him necessarily. It could be, sure. but – but the official Ryan Reynolds account, uh, for Twitter retweeted that. And I remember just being over the moon thinking like, that oh. is the coolest thing, especially. That's my kid's favorite movie is Free Guy. So I got to tell is him it? that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. He, we watched that movie. I think that's one of the few movies we watched multiple times, Um, uh, you know, theater and at home, like within the first three months, it's been out and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, he, he just loves it. Well, and last year, we actually dressed up as the characters from Free Guy because he wanted oh, to do awesome. that. So he dressed up as Guy with the blue shirt and the sunglasses and stuff like that. And then he wanted did me to do it. Did
1: people get the reference?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people got the reference. So, yeah. So they um, yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. But I remember that being really neat. And, you know, we see uh, comic book publishers will take excerpts of some of our reviews and put them on trade paperbacks or or wherever, because I remember I'll go through and pick up an issue or pick up a book and look at the back and there'll be a quote from Comic Watch. I remember how cool cool that is.
1: It Absolutely. is a cool
0: feeling. Oh yeah, yep. so I love that. So
1: yeah, the first time I remember that happening, um, uh, one of my first review assignments was the Killmonger mini series that came mm. out on the heels of the first Black Panther, and uh, Brian Edward Hill wrote it. And I, I shame on me, I don't remember the artist, but yeah, my I had a quote from one of my issues on the back of that trade. And It's like, ah, oh, Even it's so cool. Barely put the reviewer's actual name. I mean, it depends on the publisher, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just getting out there and getting that love from from that side of the of the house and and being able to have that conversation as fans with the creators and the publishers is is just an irreplaceable feeling.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So since you've been with Comic Watch, what's something you found really surprising or interesting about the comic book industry?
1: Hmm. That you know that's a tough. That's a tough question. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly, I like. And this might sound slightly disingenuous, but the e- just how easy it is to talk to some of these pros um, mm-hmm. in the first few times you do it, and 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 I say that um, it's not like I'm doing it every day, right? But so uh, and and obviously, when these pros are doing it, a lot of times you know they've got a product or a comic that they're wanting to hype. And that, mm-hmm. I, you know, so it's a symbiotic relationship, and sort of an unspoken understanding happening there. But the the, the folks, the the creator's willingness to just sit down and and talk with somebody that uh, they don't know me, you know, <laughs> and then you just vibe with them. Fingers crossed um, is is so cool. Like I never, like I, said, I mentioned, Mark Wade earlier, honor of a lifetime to get to talk to the the guy that 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 wrote Kingdom Come, you know. Mm-hmm. um one of my all-time just not just favorite writers but favorite human beings um if I get Kurt Busiek to talk to me at some point I'll, I'll be like right there but um I'm I'm never going to get the, probably never going to get the, another chance to talk to my idols like this and just their willingness to be cool like I said and 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 hang out for a little bit I will say, I did burn the bridge a little bit with Mark Wade. Um Oh really. Well, my fan I I I fanboyed out on him a little bit at the end. Um he told us it was 45 minutes. He had a he had another one of another podcast to get to and we were like right at the edge and
0: Oh that's right. Yeah. And
1: and and I was like, "Oh my god, you are the Flash and you gave us the Flash." And I just could not stop talking. I had verbal diarrhea. And, um, like, he was visibly irritated. <laughs> and, and, like, the second we were done, he's just out. Um, but, I mean, for every one of those that, that maybe doesn't go the way you want, or mm-hmm. maybe the guest just wasn't comfortable um, being interviewed. Like, it, right. ha- it happens, you know. In, in the world of film, Robert De Niro was famously a very bad interview. It does happen. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you just don't vibe with people. But sometimes you're totally surprised. Uh, yeah. Justin Jordan, man, we like we just clicked with that dude. That episode went on for like her interview. Excuse me, went on for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and nobody wanted to leave. But it was like, OK, we've gone for an hour and a half. We have to stop, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's it's really freaking cool like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Did, did I ever tell you how I met Mark Wayne recently? No, I haven't told you this. I don't okay. think so.
1: I'd love to hear it.
0: Yeah, so let me let me share this with you because I, I I posted on social media, but I realized I never I probably never sent it to you. But um, I went to Memphis Comic Con um, back in September, and he's one of the reasons why I love him is because he wrote a series of Daredevil. And he wrote the issue number seven that has the famous picture of I'm not Daredevil with his sweatshirt on. And so what I decided to do is since I heard that he was going to be at Memphis Comic Con and have a booth and everything... I got that single issue. I found it at one of my local comic shops. Sure, got that sure. single issue. I got the I'm not Daredevil sweatshirt, the red sunglasses, the candy cane, like everything that nice. Matt Murdock wears in that image. And I showed up at his table wearing that costume, and he loved it so much that he got up immediately and took a picture with me. I not even not even oh, like awesome. with my with my camera. It was um, either his wife or whoever was with him at the time. Like yeah, had yeah. a d s l r camera and, and took a picture of it. I don't know That's what cool. they did with that photo, but yeah, it was really cool. He was a really nice and approachable guy oh, and, and yes. he signed I mean, the, just
1: a wealth of knowledge about oh yeah, conference.
0: yeah mhm yeah, so he was i i I enjoyed it, and I thought it was, it was just like you it, it was one of you know the highlights of my life is being able to talk to him and that do that. I think you know I don't know how many people have done that with him before, but I had a lot of fun doing it. And just the fact that he got up immediately and it would seem, you know, really pleasantly surprising and excited about that. Mm-hmm. I think said volumes Absolutely. of it. So yeah, it's just, it's really cool. And I, I agree the the creators in the comics industry, you know, kind of depending on who they are, some of them who are, you know, at the, um, at the high end, you know, are a little bit harder to get just because sure, there's so much of sure. demand, but there are some people who are even at that level that, um, are very approachable on social media, and if they have the time, you know they seem like they they're interested in wanting to reach back out to fans and stuff like that. And so I agree with you. That's something that surprised me as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, I, I found that um, <clears throat> that up and comers are usually very eager to talk. And why? Mm-hmm. Hey, why wouldn't they be? Like you're talented, you're up and coming. Let me help you in that journey in my own small way. And then maybe right. people that. Are a little past their prime in terms of public perception. You know what I mean. Okay. Older yeah. writers, um, and I, I, hate, I don't. I hope I don't sound ageist when I say that, but people that are just not the flavor of the month anymore. Right, um, and it happens. You know, it's not yes. like uh, these folks are putting out. You know, and I'll just pick on uh, uh, John Mark Dematius, but uh, you know, he's an amazing writer, storied mm-hmm. career. Um, is he headlining amazing Spider-Man anymore? No, that's okay. He's still got plenty of good stuff to give. He's just out of the spotlight right now. Um, right. yeah, like I love chit chatting with those people. Cause again, the longer their career, the more stories they have. Right. Oh yeah. So, yeah. You can totally be down to stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah. So what's been the most difficult And or rewarding aspect of running Comic Watch as editor in chief.
1: Well, at the end of the day, it's a double edged sword because I have. At the end of the day, it's the buck stops with me, and Mm -hmm. I got to make sure the trains roll on time. Now I've got a really good staff of editors that that volunteer with me um that that helped me out but at the end of the day i'm the one paying the bills i'm the one making sure that this that or the other gets done on time look it's the burden of being the guy at the top i i (laughs) do i i like it um but it can be you know it can burn you out too like there's times where i'm just like i gotta write the schedule again Okay, (laughs) I guess the site should probably have stuff to to publish tomorrow. Um, Here's the thing. You know, I work a full time job. I have a family. I have other interests. But I need to also be the guy with the vision board that's like, okay, this is where we need to go in three, six, three or six months or a year from now and Mm -hmm. start trying to push things in a certain direction. Right. And it doesn't always work. Because here's the thing, and this is where that double-edged sword comes in. When you have a staff of all volunteers, my leverage for being like, dude, I need this done, is not there. Right. You know, I, have to, I have to be able to offer goodwill and carrots and and had a for for moving the ball for you. Know, where earlier this year, we had um, uh, a celebration for the 30th anniversary of Image called image 30 and every week we were rolling out um a look back at certain comics that built image okay well earlier this summer um i i came down with covid now i'm i'm boosted i'm uh i'm vaxxed so fortunately it was i was just down and out for maybe four days total but when i got back like all the long, long COVID stuff was there. I was fatigued all the time. I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't remember anything for shit. And my ability to keep these articles going just wasn't there. Well, if I'm the only one that's like truly passionate about the Image 30 project, and everyone else is just kind of like, yeah, I can help out when you get to this book in November, because I like this comic and want to talk about. Well, that's fine, but it doesn't keep us, you know, in, uh, in articles a week at a time until then. And, and unfortunately, the project just kind of fell by the wayside. So, you know, next year, um, we've got the 30th anniversary of Vertigo Comics. Um, mm. I want to kind of do something similar, the Image 30, but maybe with a less intensive every week uh, schedule that that way. It, if it's less time consuming on the team when we're writing these articles. So um, that's, you know, a little bit of a peek forward. Um, I'm really wanting to continue to push forward the LGBTQ content because we do, mm-hmm. like you talked about diversity. Well, we have a pretty strong presence in that community. Um, mm-hmm. It certainly doesn't hurt that we have a lot of writers, a lot of passionate and skilled writers that hail from that community as well. And they, you know, they bring perspectives that I can't bring. So when, what, what happens is um, I can be the biggest ally in the world, but I will never have the personal perspective to talk about um, uh, T. Franklin's uh, I, Har- Harley and Ivy type stuff, you know, uh, right. so when the, when members of that particular team are unable to get stuff in that are being, our presence in terms of that representation kind of does fall by the wayside a little bit because we're not continuous with it like I would like us to be. But again, when you're talking about an all volunteer organization, I don't, you know, there's only so many carrots that I have. I can't right. be like, well, you're going to get fired. Okay. <laughs> Who gives a shit? You're not paying me anyway. So, you know, it's, it's again, it, that's that's where you come down with the, the labor of love stuff and you've got to be realistic with people. People have lives. They're doing this. Um, they're volunteering for the site because they want to give back to the community as well. And mm-hmm. um, real life has to come first, though. People get sick. Kids get sick. Life, life happens. And, um, you know, we just push on. We just keep on keeping on. We've got a wonderful, uh, like you said, we've got a wonderfully diverse group of writers um, that bring all kinds of awesome perspectives to the table, and so anytime that i you know maybe something doesn't quite work out the way I would hope I'm just happy that the folks that are that are writing and are are contributing are writing and contributing because um it, there's a damn good group of people there, and i'm like i guess I'm very humbled to serve as their editor in chief.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I got to say, I, that's one of the things I absolutely love and impressed by with comic watch is the fact that it's a volunteer because just like we said, there's no compensation. So you're motivated and we're all intrinsically motivated and doing a good job and we're not doing it for the money. So the fact yeah. that comic watch puts out so much great stuff and it's all because people are wanting to contribute that and they don't get anything in return. And just as you said, there's no, um, you know, recompense or compensation or anything like that. And this mm-hmm. is just all because we are loving this community and that we want to put that out there. I think it just makes it even more impressive when you look at some of the other websites that do freelance model and do, you know, pay per article type of thing. I think that speaks volumes of people um, who read comic watches that they can enjoy it and know that this is coming from the heart and that it's not being written with a certain angle because we're trying to get clicks or anything like that. But this is because we're reviewing this comic or we're writing this article because we're really passionate about that sort of thing. And I, I think that's one of the things that comic watch just makes it special. And what makes it so impressive is how great, of a website it is. And you all, you know, continuing that and supporting that. And we have a pretty good following that people really enjoy the stuff that Mm -hmm. we're putting out there, you know, just because we have great people that's on the staff that's doing it for free because they love it, you know? And, and I think that's been really impressive with this website and with this organization.
1: Well, I, I I appreciate it, and uh, I know the rest rest of the team appreciates it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't start this site. I, I was, uh, and as a matter of fact, nobody that started this site is left is still here. Um, wow, I got I got headhunted a little bit um, from uh, various Facebook groups, people uh, that preceded me, um, like um, Cody White, who's now an editor at Valiant um mm-hmm. reached out or like hey uh you know you you talk a pretty good game you're well spoken and pretty knowledgeable here in these facebook groups would you ever consider writing for our site we're not going to pay you but do you want to do it <laughs> yeah let's let's see what's up with this and from there um it's it's just grown really organically and um people come and gone um, I've I've made people that even though I've never met them in real life, I consider them my 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 dear friends. And um, comic watch is just part of my DNA now. Like I mm-hmm. don't think I could walk away if I if I wanted to. So <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry if if, uh, if 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 you guys were listening and you're like God, I wish this guy would shut up and go away. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think I'm going anywhere now. Look, I'm not gonna lie. If Image called me tomorrow or or Skybound and was like, Matt, we would like to offer you an assistant editor position, I'm done. Like y'all <laughs> here, Sean, you're in charge. Um right. but <laughs> but the odds of that happening are quite slim. Uh, even right. though we do have a good good thing going with with Skybound, they really like us because we pimp oh, yeah. lots of their stuff. But um, nice. <laughs> but I mean I, I say that in jest. You know we have had a couple different folks move uh, from our site to to the big leagues. Um, mm-hmm. My predecessor as uh, editor in chief Nicholas Osborne, um, he got hired on at valiant and then cody white also went to valiant um some of our past writers went on to paying reviewed jobs at some of the other sites uh, Mm so or i hate to call them competitor sites because they're really not competitor they're doing something very different than we are but um, i mean again if that's that's your trajectory to go for it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stop you or shame you or you know whatever it's it's Mm -hmm. all good. Um, yeah yeah. So doors do open by writing for our site. Absolutely. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's a great way to think of it, because Comic Watts can really be a great stepping stone into those places. So especially when I don't know if, for our listeners, if they realize that a lot of places like that that are looking for writers for paid or freelance, they're looking for people when they submit the their application for it. For samples of work. And I remember yeah. when I first started, like, I didn't have any of that to show off. Like, I've never did a formal review or anything like that. And so Comic Watch is a great way to do it. Because- Thank goodness
1: you know how to write. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Because I, I, I had to turn down applications because the person is clearly passionate, but has mm-hmm. no clue how to write. Right. And yeah. They learned how to write from from Twitter, and <laughs> thank you so much for your passion. But we're gonna go in another way. Right. Um, right. So it goes. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, in in the past, we've had a lot of a stronger anime presence, and mm-hmm. um, in terms of reviews, um, unfortunately, we're not touching them at all right now. We just haven't had folks that are uh, that are that have been that have hit us up to. Open that door a little bit for us again, but um, right. yeah, you know, if anybody out there wants is down with anime and wants to review random stuff for us, by all means, hit us up. Yeah, um, I would say anybody that is wanting to be a, a, a passionate essayist and mm-hmm. get some stuff out there, hit us up. I will tell you this: um, we are lacking a lot of pers- uh, perspectives from um, the black community. Mm-hmm. so that's 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 a miss for us so again if you're a, if you're a black nerd hit us up man we'd love to we'd love to chat and get you on board um, definitely because again it goes back to being authentic like i was saying about uh the lgbtq community earlier like i can't I, i'm totally your ally but i can't write right for that perspective so right. having the giving space to those voices is so so important for who we are as a site.
0: Agreed. Yes. Well, and, and one of the things I also wanted to mention, as, as you talked about, um, you know, how we haven't had anime, um, it, it reminds me that Comic Watch isn't just comics, though. We, we don't do just comics reviews. We also right. do, just as you say, anime. We have a media team that do reviews for yeah. TV and film. Uh, I know we do press releases from time to time or previews and things like that, but it it pretty much, it kind of expands out from not just comics, but into pop culture. And I know we have, uh, Mike who does, I think he does like VHS, VHS specials or kind of like the classic films and things like that. Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah, Mike spring, one of our regular columnists, um, Mm -hmm. he's got a column that comes out every Tuesday, at uh noon eastern and it's called what's new on home video which is of course kind of right. tongue cheek because what's home video anymore but um, <laughs> yeah like the week's new releases for blu-ray or what have you he does a rundown mm-hmm. on them and like he's he knows his stuff mm. um can, like there's a lot of detail and knowledge put in there he always embeds like the preview videos stuff like that uh mm-hmm. the trailers for everything i should say and he's not shy with his opinions and sometimes they're yeah. quite comical spoiler warning <laughs> he does not like jordan peele movies uh, <laughs> <laughs> like somebody out there had to not but uh, right yeah that's a pretty cool one um so yeah, man, um, yeah. we've also got Kickstarter corner that we run mm-hmm. on Saturdays for our small press Saturday, which uh, highlights well, you guessed it up and coming Kickstarters that are out there that way we're giving a little bit of voice to um well not just necessarily new talent because Kickstarter is used by everybody now
0: mm-hmm.
1: including like big names like Scott Snyder um, yeah. which is just Tells you a lot about how Kickstarter has evolved in the last like four or five years, but yes, um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Right, be honest with you. Um,
0: yeah, it's definitely changed a lot. Yeah,
1: that's a whole <laughs> other episode. But um, yeah, we've got that. Um, we have in the past, and and they're kind of in a, the writers kind of in a position where they're not able to contribute right now. But um, author Bethany Pope. Um, has had a column called the Pope's comics um, mm-hmm. in the back in, in, in recent months and they're on a little bit of a hiatus right now um, just for personal reasons. But um, yeah, you know, Bethany is a is a poet and a comics nerd and a published author like three times over now novelist. Mm-hmm. So um, that's been a really cool thing. And, and new voices and, and new ideas are always just popping off for us. Mm-hmm. Um that's also the nice thing about having our own site and kind of being a little more of a DIY site is we can just try some stuff Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit. Right. We'll just go on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, The only thing we (laughs) lost was time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it goes, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think that's, you know, that, that speaks volumes about, comic watch even though you know that's kind of our bread and butter we're also open to trying out new things mm-hmm. and and if you have something that you think would be a really cool idea that fits into this sort of um genre that we're writing into i mean we're very open to trying that out yeah. i know you know from time to time we even do like top five lists or yeah. things like that or even like a blast from the past type of thing where if a movie's coming out i know we did um i did an article a while back about uh like the top five bat gadgets with the uh, um just in time for the batman uh movie coming out and so i did yeah. you know my favorite ones that came out and so there's a lot of opportunities of uh, writing things that you that you might be passionate about that might not fit in terms of reviewing comics, but still fits within the audience and with the mission and uh, Mm -hmm. vision of comic watch as well too.
1: Well, and on the media side of the house um, we've recently kind of started branching into stage and costuming a little bit. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: Or has been bringing a lot of really cool articles and ideas on, on that. frankly, I never even occurred to me to do so, but, just outside of my wheelhouse. Right. Those have been great. And then every Monday um, we have uh, 11 Eastern. We have Patricia High Smash. Now Patricia High Smash is frankly, and I'm I'm biased, but um, it's probably my favorite regular feature that we do because um, Travis, who writes it, has such a deep and unique perspective on, Anything and everything that fits into the the pop cultural me- melting pot that mm-hmm. they that they write about, and um, if I mean Morrison, Bob Dylan, um, <laughs> New X Men, Mor- Morrison's New X Men recently had an extended look back from various angles and peek under the covers. Next year, we're going to be diving into um, 52 chapters uh, decoding the invisibles, also by Morrison. So, um, yes, that is coming up. Um, But man, there's just not much at all that Travis doesn't write about with with very well thought out viewpoints and perspectives and having them writing for our site um, is is really just incredible because they're such a talented writer right yeah
0: well, awesome. Thank you very much for talking about Comic Watch. And this is really appropriate to have you on this episode because we're trying something out differently with this show that we haven't done before. And I'm really excited about it. And I hope everyone who's listening will be excited about this as well, too. Um, but at the end of every episode, before I wrap up with our guests, I am planning on doing a segment with the guests called, you know, what are we reading? Basically, I, I got to come up with a better name for it. But basically, we're going to talk about what. what. What comics are we currently reading? And I also am planning on doing a, um, you know, call for other people on social media. So, you know, TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and all that to share what they are reading. And we'll also mention that on the episode as well, too. So to kick things off, what are you currently reading in the comics world, Matt? What is your um, run or issue that you are at least wanting to start or maybe you're currently in the middle of?
1: (laughs) Uh, well, we'll bring it full circle. I love everything about the current Krakoa era of X-Men. Um,
0: which i knew because we had a whole conversation in slack because i am very lost i love him i'm very lost and
1: you're like i i don't want to read 100 comics to get this. (laughs) i get it but
0: i even read the the huge thick book of the house of x and powers of 10 and i'm still lost in some of this stuff it's it's exciting and it's it's interesting but i'm still lost
1: on some of this honestly (laughs) and i mean You know, again, full circle. I've been reading X-Men for as long as I've been reading comics. Um, This, the current era since 2019, I've never seen the entire line that was this high quality. Mm -hmm. It's bursting with ideas. They are kicking down all the preconceived notions of what anything with Mm X-Men is. And they're succeeding. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, they're on year three of this experiment with Krakoa and Destiny of X and all that right now, right? Mm-hmm. And and they are just blowing the doors off of everything and everyone's expectations. And um the X-Men's place in the Marvel universe is completely changed. I mean, yeah. What it what these books are is currently honoring the past, but it's moving the narrative into a 21st century perspective on um, what it is to be a minority in the world and Mm -hmm. having a new conversation with readers about, well, you know, our old way of looking at things is we just want people to like us for who we are. And then we can all get along. And that's a cool analogy for, you know, 50 years ago. And it's not a bad one either. I'm not, I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination, but now we're we're getting a little more aggressive with our stance, and we're we're saying this is who I am. I don't care if you like it or not. I'm here, <laughs> and I'm I'm not going anywhere. That right. that to me is a more bold stance, especially if you're talking about the the mutants as being an analogy or a metaphor, I should say, for oppressed people the world over. Mm-hmm. So that that right there, I mean, is just huge. Yeah. Um, I I'm digging on anything and everything that the Darsky writes. Uh, Yes, if you're not reading, um, shoot, what am I trying to spit out now? I just put blank on the name. Oh my gosh, um, if you're not reading Daredevil, that's not what I was going to say, but um, (laughs) his Daredevil is pretty amazing too. Um, Mm -hmm. Dare, this is easily the best Daredevil. Um, yes, in I don't know. I, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to say better than Mark <laughs> I know how you feel about that run, but um, it, it's legit. It is a it's, it's fantastic and the thing yeah. that here's here's what Zdarski's done in this run that's worked so well is he's taking all the familiar pieces, you know, Daredevil, Kingpin, Electra, Bullseye, and he's turning their roles on their mm-hmm. head. Right. You know, right. It starts off, you know, Daredevil can't figure out how to be Daredevil anymore because he accidentally killed somebody. Right. Um, he's feeling like he's more of a criminal than a hero. Elektra mm-hmm. is trying to figure out how to be a hero in uh, a tone for her past. Kingpin is trying to figure out how to be legitimate. <laughs> and it's like all these familiar pieces, but they're turned at a, at a 90 degree angle so that you just don't know what to expect. Yes. And just, as a lifelong Daredevil fan, um, I I have to say I am just thrilled that comic is at the top of my two read list every month when it comes out. Yes. Um God. And and I, I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to um That Texas Blood by Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. If you like crime uh and crime fiction, my goodness, you could it is it's a ten out of ten every issue. Yeah, yeah just phenomenal and it's
0: hilarious too like there are some really good funny panels that they have in there that are just hysterical i, I i've read i think um maybe the first few issues but mm-hmm. i absolutely love it just because of what you said it's a great mystery right yeah. i think it's like the first six issues that that they wrote and it's a great mystery it's a great detective but it has a lot of um really interesting twists and turns and just Funny moments that Mm -hmm. it's just kind of it's kind of the the dark humor. So if you're not a fan of dark humor, it's it's definitely leans into that. But if you like dark humor, it does a really good job of leaning into it really well. Yeah, I I enjoy that, too.
1: Yeah. If if you like, um, if you like Fargo, I would say, yes, pretty, pretty good one to one. For what's going on in that
0: Texas world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. And, and going back to what you're talking about with Zdarsky, um, he's currently writing Batman, mm-hmm. and um, the one that I've been wanting to read because I've heard nothing but great things, and I think Zdarsky did a great job with doing you know PR on it is Public Domain.
1: That's what I was trying to spit out. I Thank thought God. maybe I that's like what it was. Public, <laughs> and I, my brain kept trying to say public image. No, that's not right. But yes, public, <laughs> uh, public domain is It's he's doing the whole thing. He's writing, drawing, lettering, coloring. I don't know when this man sleeps. Um, <laughs> but it, it's the ultimate love letter to creators. of Yes. Comic. Yes. In the act yep, of yep. creating a comic. And... Yeah, it's, it, it's got Eisner bait written all over it <laughs> because it's, it's just so damn
0: good. Oh, yeah. My gosh, man. Um, well, and, and when he was promoting it, he did something really genius. That I It's hysterical, but just, again, it tells you how genius he is as a writer because what he did was he took actual um, quotes that he got from other writers when he asked them to review it. Mm-hmm. And put that out there, and put it on. I think on the back of his issues or trade paperbacks of like I, I forget what it was, but I think maybe uh, Gail Simone had said something, and it's it just something as simple as like I don't have time for this. You know,
1: yes. <laughs> <was> like, yeah. <laughs> Darcy, and they all loved it. Yeah,
0: it's it's so promoting. interesting. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, are you so, something of a uh, an aside? Um, are you reading Crossover by Donny Cates? I am not, no. No, there's an issue after the first arc wraps that is guest-written by Zdarsky, and the whole Whoa. thing is him lampooning his public persona. But he's doing it in this really tragic way, and I, I don't yeah. want to get into it too much because it plays into the ultimate story that's happening in Crossover. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I like you, I don't want to say it's issue seven. Um, read it. Just read yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant
0: it'll, it'll be it'll be on on top of my other you know to pile as well Dude, too
1: uh, <laughs> let me just tell you i i okay so when covid first started in 20 spring 2020 and everything was shutting down of course my lcs was shutting down oh my mm-hmm. gosh we don't know how long we're not going to have fun so i like stocked up on stuff to read right and, and a lot of it is still to be read
0: yeah. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's my
1: own fault because I keep throwing more logs on the fire and so ooh, yeah, back issues. And ooh, trades, I was gonna read And <laughs> and yeah, like I'm oh, I'm I know. so bad. My wife is very, very patient. Oh, that's great. Say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, I, I think they say that, you know, you're not a comic book reader unless you have a, you know, um, to read pile, right? Because everybody has that, yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, and it got really bad when I got hooked on um, buying buying uh, an yeah, Omnibus because yeah. I'm a sucker for <laughs> getting the whole story in one cover.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. also
1: a sucker for just being able to sit down and read, like, all of this Silver Age Fantastic Four that I will never be able to afford. You know, there's a, there's a, my inner historian is, is being, um, is, is at play with my inner comics nerd. And and they're, they just teamed up. And now I have something like close to 20 omnibuses on top of my trades, on top of my simulations, <laughs> which could fill a long box. That I'm yeah. I like, someday I'm going to get through it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Unless I get hit by a, a truck tomorrow, which fingers crossed, I won't. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty. But you know, one of, one, one of the reasons, and, and again, I, I don't want to get too far afield, but one of the reasons that I really, really, have gotten into the omnibus is that historical perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could reasonably paint yourself a picture of what silver age Marvel was all about with these Mm -hmm. purchases and do so for a relatively reasonable price and not having to uh, spend years doing it. Um, Same thing with, um, you know, golden age DC or whatever, um, if when you're, when there, there's something of a scholarly aspect to it that I just really enjoy being able to have that understanding of where we've been in the past with comics. And because of course it informs where we are now. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's my weakness is wanting to know more.
0: Right. I am starting a new series. I've been collecting them. I haven't started yet. Um, and so I am planning on starting Dark Knights of Steel because for those of you who don't know, they published all the way up to like issue seven. And then there was just a huge break and it's written by Tom Taylor, if I remember correctly. Yes. And there wasn't a new issue and, and they said they were putting out 12 issues. There was a new one. They haven't really said much. And then now eight came out this past week exactly yeah Yeah. so now that that issue came out i'm like i'm going to sit down and start reading through them because then i'll be caught up and be able to you know read them as they come back in and the next thing i'm going to read after that is actually preparation for one of the episodes that we're doing um coming soon is some of the holiday comics i have um in my shelf that i'm going to be reading so um Claws from um, I, I don't know if they pronounce it claws or Klaus, but from um, Dan Mora oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, Grant yeah. Morrison, I got a couple of those books, and they're really great. They've been my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. Um, the Batman Catwoman Holiday Special that they have, and Batman Noel. So I got that ready Very to go cool. as well. So- Yeah. So and I haven't read I read um, one of the books for Klaus, but the other books I have not read yet. So they're going to be brand new to me. I don't know what to expect going in. And so um, I don't have much to say other than I'm very excited about those.
1: (laughs) Man, anytime Morrison does something new, I'm I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're one of my favorite writers, period. Um, They wrote some of my favorite comics of all time. Doom Patrol, Animal Man, J.L.A., Uh, Invisibles Mm -hmm. and plenty of other stuff that I just adore. Like they're they're just that right one of those writers that I do not miss whenever they come out with something new. Period. Right now, look, it may not always be my cup of tea. I wasn't a fan of Proctor Road. Um, It just didn't grab me. Uh, And then um, any any of any of excuse me any of their stuff that really starts dipping into um, Hinduism. It just I just. I kind of just blank on it. Is it's like you're very clearly passionate about this, and I'm not. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so it goes. Right. You know, no one writer is always going to grab you with everything that they put out.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's. I think we've all said that's the beauty of comic books is that there's mm-hmm. something for everyone out there, and you know, it. There's comics do have to be you know, for a a particular run does have to be for everybody, you know? So there's something out there. If you don't like this one, you can try something else out and, and you'll probably like that one. So, yeah.
1: You got it. Well,
0: um, here are what some of our uh, listeners have been uh, reading. So from our Comic Watch team, Dustin Gable said, Just finished reading Supper Club by Jackie Morrow from Image. It was a mouth-watering story of human connections made through food. and was a visual treat that leaves the reader wanting seconds and thirds. Just a fun, compelling read with gorgeous descriptions of food and friendships that offers comfort in a chaotic time. I have not heard about this, but this makes me want to eat food now.
1: Um. <laughs> yes, we did, run, we did run the reviews on it. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe it was the review of The Trade. I forget. Uh, uh, it's, I'm going blank on who reviewed it right now, but <laughs> they really, really liked it. Um, it's, yeah. it's very much a comic that is, like you described, um, it's for foodies and it's about people. And right. I like that a lot because food is where human connections are made oh yeah i mean not solely obviously but like there's a reason why when you go on a date with somebody you have dinner with them there's a reason why you have family meal time right right there's just something about food that lends itself to that human connection and yeah the fact that there's a comic about it hell yeah again like you said (laughs) there's comics for everybody
0: well, and, 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 you know, on top of that, when you look at religion, every religion has something to connect with food in some, you know, in some way, basically, yeah, you know, whether it's, it's dietary restrictions, or if it's, you know, I, I, I grew up Catholic, and, you know, when you go to mass, it, you know, the second half of that service is about the Last Supper and, you know, all mm-hmm. that. And so that's centered around food. And so every religion has something that, um you know, something to say about food and how that's a part of their uh, culture and their theology as well, too. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's food is definitely ingrained as part of the human experience in some way. So. Um, Ross Hutchinson said minor threats is a comic that he's reading and that it's a comic about C-class villains that has no right to be this compelling, but that's exactly what it is. Through a switch up in first person narration and digging into the flawed, often tragic past of the characters, Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt put a very human and compelling face on characters we would usually laugh off and scoff at. Then it is combined with over-the-top superhero situation hijinks brought to life by gloriously detailed and colored art by Scott Hepburn and Ian Herring that amps up the traditional superhero tropes to 11, and it's published by Dark Horse Comics. Again, I have not heard of this before, but just on his description alone... It's probably something I'm going to check Ross, out now. Ross yeah. loves
1: his run-on sentences. I say this with love. <laughs> it's a little I've been it for years, um, but it's
0: good. It's oh, good. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it is a kick-ass comic. <laughs> Issue three comes out uh, this week. You know, oftentimes when people from other media dip their pinky toe into comics, the results mm-hmm. can be mixed. Um, Pat Neels very freaking clearly knows his shit and. Mm-hmm. Just buy this comic. I, I'm not sure how many issues it's going to be. Um, four, six, 12, who knows? But buy it while you can. Um, do not trade weight on this. It's badass.
0: Right. Uh, from our Discord, and when I say our, it's, it's a Discord that I run with a couple friends of mine. Nice. Um, Lauren said, Poison Ivy is one of the best books right now. Top three, if not number one. Issue six was fantastic. And I'm so hyped for the next arc. Ivy is finally be told as a 3T character she is. And I absolutely agree. I remember reviewing Poison Ivy, I think number three or number four, four. Comic Watch. Oops. And after reading it, I already put the trade paper back into my uh, wishlist to pick up at my local comic shop because this is a fantastic issue that I read. And I couldn't agree more that this is probably one of the best uh, storytelling of, of Poison Ivy. And I think it's written by uh, G. Willow Wilson, I believe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's it's I couldn't agree more. It's definitely um, does justice to Poison Ivy as a character.
1: That's what I keep hearing. I haven't read it myself, but again, G mm-hmm. Willow Wilson, um, at some point I'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's worth noting um, this was originally only conceived and pitched as a six issue mini, and it was yes. on strength of sales that it was, uh, to use a Hollywood term, optioned as an ongoing. Yeah. So oh, that, yeah. That says a lot right there. Definitely. I mean, how, how, you know, it's typically, and especially when you're looking at Marvel, um, they won't, they'll be cagey about it and not say one way or another whether something's ongoing or not. And then it'll suddenly be, oh, it's the last issue. And uh, we planned it as a mini all along. And um, (laughs) stop lying. But yeah, I, I just love that because so... Many of our comics now, and I mean, look, this is part of the changing landscape. I'm not knocking or anything, but so many comics are miniseries right now. Like, I get frustrated as a reader mm-hmm. because I'll read about this kick-ass sounding new series. And then I'll find out after the fact that, oh, it's going to be a miniseries. It's only six issues. Right. Shit. I could have just waited for the trade, you know? Right. And I hate yeah. that. Getting- Sometimes being a trade waiter is fine, but um, when you've got 50 long boxes worth of comics, like, I have to be economical with what I'm buying at the shop. (laughs) Yeah. So if it's something that I can wait another six, seven, eight months and get in a trade, I'll suck it up and buy it.
0: Right, right. Um, Joe loves comics said I haven't been able to pick up this week's books yet, but I've started reading the first walking dead compendium and it's been great so far. I did get giant days volume five a few days ago and that series continues to be such a delight. Well worth a read. If anyone hasn't already, I will say I have not heard giant days before. Never heard of that.
1: And we know,
0: uh, didn't say not sure. Um, And in terms of Walking Dead, I am not a zombie type of person. So, you know, things like this and Marvel zombies and deceased, um, it just never really interested me because it's not my thing. But I know a lot of people have really enjoyed, you know, those obviously Walking Dead is is a TV series and all that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Okay, so Giant Days, um, it's YA why okay. the older set of ya 13 to 18 um i know there's a term for that but i don't uh it appears to be self-published via kickstarter um, okay. in a lot of ways but
0: that makes sense uh, yeah yes
1: yeah. So, yeah yeah it looks it looks interesting anyway um yeah but yeah totally cool again comics are for everybody
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, from Twitter, Ken from the ODPH podcast said Barnstormers number three by Scott Snyder and Tula Lote. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly for comiXology and Best Jacket Press. The high-flying duo story keeps getting better. Uh, and Ken says he has a few theories about it, but doesn't want to spoil anything. Um, I've also heard really good things about Barnstormers it's, by them. I, I haven't Snyder. read
1: it. Um, I would be yeah. very shocked if it, if it wasn't good.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean... I don't think I've read anything of his that wasn't good as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's so definitely one I need to check out at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, so wizard podcast savage Avengers, awesome comic with a great cast of characters, best Marvel book on the shelves. And, absolutely agree that's a great story we had David on the show before the writer David Peppos and yeah. talk about that a little bit and it's honestly Savage Avengers as an idea of a team never interested me but I love David's stuff and so I gave it a shot and he has done a fantastic job of taking that property and make it really cool really interesting and keeping on the edge of your seat because they, he's done some great things that I don't think they have attempted with Savage Avengers in the past and it's just phenomenal I absolutely
1: love it dude it is my favorite Marvel book right now, <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah, it is probably the most Marvel Marvel book being published right now. Yeah. Um, suppose oh. is, he's clearly got a really deep knowledge of Marvel hit lore. Oh, yeah, shows because there are deep cuts upon deep cuts upon deep cuts throughout the whole freaking comic, mm-hmm. and the, he's taking a kitchen sink approach with the characters that, yes could have backfired really easily because they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're a real hodgepodge of characters, but they're, it, they're just gelling perfectly. And that's a testament to his skill as a writer. Um yes. And, you know, it kind of sucks. The first arc, they had to resolve getting uh, Conan back to Hyperborea because I right. was losing the license. But right super fun story and now they're hanging out in 2099 yeah. um <laughs> that last page of the most recent issue was like oh
0: yes so
1: um oh, yeah yeah and then i i've been a huge fan of the artist carlos magno since um he wrote oh, he yeah. drew, um invaders which was by chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. and um yeah that that dude is next level
0: oh yeah yeah well and and David, I thought, did a fantastic job of wrapping up Conan's uh, story, and um, and it just just beautifully, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was a it was a lyric issue like, five, which is the conclusion of that story, was was lyrically written.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, I absolutely. I absolutely love it. And again, I'm not somebody I, I've ever really had any interest in Conan, but Definitely. in this story, he fantastic job and i think this is his first marvel story too so the fact that he's been reviving savage Avengers marvel
1: story but it's his first um he has I mean, he's had some stuff pop up um in like anthology type books right right Very recently, exactly like just in the last year but this is oh, yeah. his first monthly and right. uh, yeah dude's just crushing it yes. i won't be shocked sean when he's writing one of the key x-men books within three years
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. He, yeah, he's just been doing a phenomenal job with that. I agree. Um, on TikTok, Travel Beef said Chip Zdarsky's Batman so far. He's enjoying a lot of the Silver Age uh, callbacks and Bruce finally admitting that the Robins are his sons. Um, and again, Zdarsky's Batman has just been a really fun to entertain. We we're talking about Daredevil, but Batman is, has just that much of a level as well too. And I agree exactly with that. It's, it's mm-hmm. been fantastic to read and, and he's bringing in a lot of interesting characters that you would think wouldn't work, but actually works really well with what he's doing with it. And, and each issue has been actually ending with some sort of side story a little bit. And I've yes. been noticing that DC comics has been doing that because I just finished reading Joker, the man who stopped laughing and they did the same thing as well too, is that they ended like the last six pages was almost like mm-hmm. a, Uh, side story but that kind of fits into the overall um you know universe a little bit or the overall you know theme of it but does i don't think it's directly a part of the main story um and so i think it's really interesting what they're doing but yeah i I agree lovely lovely comic book and run that he's been doing a great job with as well
1: yeah definitely i mean it's it's um, a spiritual successor to uh, the Tower of Babel story from Mark Wade's opening gambit on a, a run. Excuse me, opening run on JLA,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it's tapping into Morrison's time on Batman with Zuran R. So right. uh, just again, being able to call back to those stories without necessarily making it feel like they're just sounding a bell that's already been rung is uh really cool really right. really cool. it's rewarding for long-term readers
0: right oh yeah i agree and then um our last comment is from instagram from uh, Ling Siniza, which I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly as well. Too. Um just read Batgirls number 10 by Becky Clonen and Michael Conrad. The writing and art are playful and dynamic, which appealed to me as a casual comics reader. I didn't have to deep dive into everyone's backstory, I could simply sit back and enjoy the witty banner and beautifully rendered panels. I have to say, I've only read one issue of Batgirls. I didn't Um, like it.
1: (laughs) I did not like you. Right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I know you didn't like it. I I uh, edited your review. um (laughs) it's a fun comic. Yeah, it's not super deep. Um, and I think you definitely hit a nail on the head with your review of it. That it it is definitely geared more for younger readers. When I say younger, I mean like little kids, but maybe you know teens, tweens, whatever. Exactly. Um,
0: and that's what that's what I said in my review because we're, I said, we're
1: all, "Listen, we're we're old man. We don't we, we barely <laughs> understand how how the tickety talk works." Um, <laughs> and and but the thing that's kind of got me, like I I like the writing. I'm yeah. not a fan of the art style. Like right. I know it's been several different artists throughout. Um, Jorge Corona did the first arc, and then Neil Gudge right. jumped in, and I don't remember who did the last couple of issues, but it's just not my cup of tea like right. i i come more from the neil adams jim lee side of the street when it comes to art as opposed right. to the cartoonier side of the of the art street There's right nothing yeah. wrong with it it's just not for me um right. but exactly. anything that um that that clunrad touches i'm going to check out right they are just a wonderful uh Writing com duo,
0: right, right, yeah, went, and that's why I said in my review. And 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 to preface this, I think as a comics reviewer, it's really hard to dive into the middle of the story and do a review a hundred percent justice because when you go in blind and not knowing like anything that happened up to or the backstory, you're really just relying on your experience with this one issue. Yes, and, and, and that's why I said my review. review. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I said in my review is that, you know, I think if this was definitely geared towards, you know, uh, tweeners and teenagers, like I think it was a great story, actually. And that's what it seemed like it was written for. And so if that was the case, then 100 this, percent, this was a great story. and She did a fantastic job of writing it. But if it was supposed to be for like an older um, audience, like it just did not click for me. And, and that's and that's why I was like, you know, again, I didn't know. If that's what it's year four, and that's what is tended to be. So, if it is, then right. you know she nailed it perfectly. And just like we said with the art, for me, there was a lot of um, I, I call it Nickelodeon style type of animation where it's uh, the background, like the entire background is oh, looks like it has like a green or purple overlay on it. Mm-hmm, and so,
1: mm-hmm. it, I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it helps pop out the characters a little bit, but um, it just again like what you said and and what I said as well too. That art style just isn't for me, and, and it's not clicking for me. But again, you know, if it's for a younger audience, and I think it really hits it pretty well. And, and mm-hmm. if you're if you're older, and you enjoy it. I am really happy that you enjoy it. It just did not click for me. So right
1: now, <laughs> yeah. look, um, if you're wanting to read some damn good uh, stuff with spoiler. I would highly recommend checking out um, her turn as um, Batgirl that has mm-hmm. been collected, I think, just last year across two different trades. It's around about a 25-issue run. I can't remember the exact number. Um, right. She's great in that. Um, and James the IV put her to excellent use during his first run on Batman um, across Detective Comics, which started during the Rebirth era in 2016.
0: So, Oh, that's good to know. Um, I'll have to check that out.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, there's an omnibus <laughs> for it. Um, <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, let me think, uh, it's right around 40 issues. Okay. It's like seven arcs, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's yeah. probably my favorite Batman from the last five years, hands down.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So that concludes our first rendition of, what are you reading in comics or whatever I come up hey. with, with this part of the show. But I got to say, I love this. I love hearing what people are reading and I love talking to you about these issues as well, too. This was a lot of fun and I really enjoyed it. So I'm very excited about having the segment on. I hope everybody else is as well, too, but this was really cool and I really, really enjoyed it. And I am really excited that you were the first person to do this with me. So thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, you're very welcome. Um,
0: well, And thank you for coming on to the show and sharing with us your journey with comics and with Comic Watch. Um, for all of our listeners, before I let you go, where can they find you and your work online?
1: Uh, www.comic-watch.com We're on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Um, we have a kind of busted instagram we're, we're working to get that fixed um mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah yeah definitely uh check us out on those places and um yeah just follow us on on the interweb see what's cooking we've got cool new stuff every day
0: yes and, and it's important to know it's comic dash watch like you said because yes. if you put I comicwatch.com really it just dash
1: wasn't there because <laughs> it's so good well,
0: there's got to be a way to maybe buy that domain and just redirect people to our main one. But I don't know the logistics yeah. of that. I'm sure you looked into that.
1: I have. It's a lot of hassle.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks again, Matt. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I'm looking forward to, you know, working with you more on Comic Watch. So thank you.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: And that wraps up another episode of The Caps Life. I hope you enjoyed listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caps Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsinlife.com.